Hi, everyone, and thank you for being with us. My name is Fergus Paksaresh, Director of Oregon Department of Human Services. And the purpose of today's podcast is to share with you a new effort launching this week to become a trauma-aware and trauma-informed organization. I'm fortunate to have with me today Don Erickson, our Chief Administrative Officer, who's the sponsor of this initiative. And I'd like to ask Don to describe his position and the role with this initiative, but I want to say how fortunate we are to have Don in this role. He has a wealth of experience in behavioral health, in well-being, and trauma-informed care. Thank you, Fairbors. And uh, I want to start off by thanking you for your incredible support for the work that we're doing on this initiative. Uh, it really makes all the difference in the world uh, to have the support at your level. As the uh, Chief Administrative Officer, I oversee uh, 15 business units, uh, things like contracts and procurement, background check, licensing, public records, publications, internal audits, and so forth. Uh, and uh, really enjoy uh, my role in providing support to those uh, businesses that really form what we consider the foundation for the organization to help everyone else do the work that they do. But uh, my background is I've had about four decades as a behavioral health professional. I'm licensed in Oregon, I've been licensed uh, since the early 80s, and I also have a national certification as a trauma specialist. In uh, the years I really started my introduction to trauma really began in the early 80s when Vietnam veterans were coming, had come home and were looking for services to deal with uh, a lot of struggles. And uh, prior to 1983, there was no specific diagnosis for trauma. And finally, in 1983, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder became uh, an official diagnosis. And uh, the nature of my work resulted in my working with a, a lot of folks that had that background and were, were struggling with issues related to trauma. My uh, years of, of practicing uh, just made me acutely aware of the pervasiveness of trauma and compassion fatigue uh, in an organization the size of uh, DHS and serving the uh, populations that we serve. Thank you, Don. And I just wanted to briefly explain my own experience in becoming aware of trauma and the need for having a trauma-informed care approach. Some of you know that I worked in Oregon Youth Authority for nine years. And in that organization, quite often I came across children and youth who had committed some pretty horrific offenses. And yet when you actually dug into their background, what you saw was that they were traumatized, they were victimized in early childhood. And then in the process, uh, they exteriorized that by committing offenses and crimes and created their own victims. As I came to DHS, I began to notice that regardless of what part of this organization you work with, whether you're a CPS worker, a permanency worker, an eligibility worker, if you're a family coach, if you work with people with developmental disabilities or aging people, people who are trying to learn vocations because of tragedies or disabilities, what you see is a lot of grief and a lot of trauma. And not only do we have a responsibility as an organization to help those people with the trauma that they have experienced or are currently experiencing, but as an employee, when you deal with these things, you take some of that on. And in the process, you yourself begin to experience trauma. So part of what we started to talk about is how can we begin to help our own staff to have this sense of well-being 
and begin to have a trauma-informed organization, whether it is in a physical environment, in the interactions that we have with our staff, in how we deal with all of those people that we serve, and ultimately creating an environment for our staff where we can minimize that trauma and deal with it in a way that we can create a well-being environment for anyone who receives services from DHS or works for DHS. So with that, I want to ask Don what it means to be trauma-aware. Trauma-aware is a part of a process or a roadmap, uh, Fairbores, that um, in an organization that generally it adopts uh, what we refer to as the four R's. Uh, the organization realizes the widespread impact of trauma and understands its potential uh, path to recovery, which is really a critical piece. That's where this initiative aligns with the RISE initiative, um, I should note. Uh, recognizes the signs and symptoms of trauma in uh, both our the public that we serve, our staff, and uh, others that we encounter and work. Uh, third, responds to the recognition of, of trauma by integrating knowledge about trauma into our policies, procedures, and practices. And uh, by practices, we're talking about even the way that we greet people in uh, our reception areas and the way that we resolve conflicts between us. And uh, finally, and really critically, is that as an organization, we seek to avoid re-traumatizing uh, individuals who have been through that, those experiences. Thank you, Don. Can you also share with us what it means to be a trauma-informed organization? And what is the goal of a trauma-informed organization? The goal is multifold. It's one to adopt those four R's and, and make those part of our daily practice and uh, the way that we conduct our business, basically. It's also to contribute to healing, that uh, we people recover from traumatic experiences. Staff are able to be reinvigorated in their enthusiasm for work and that after uh, witnessing and experiencing trauma. And what we want to do is to create an environment that is physically and psychologically safe. We want to demonstrate that as an organization, we're trustworthy and uh, transparent. We want to really focus on giving people, both our coworkers and the people that we serve, really emphasizing choice in their life. We want to encourage people to collaborate with us in finding uh, solutions and finding solutions to their own challenges, empower people to make decisions, take control of their lives, and uh, recognize the profound effect that individual history and, and culture and uh, gender issues have on their lives and the lives of the people around them. How pervasive is trauma in your mind? Uh, it's turned out that it's amazingly pervasive, that uh, a study that's been referred to as the ACEs study in the mid-90s was a collaboration between the Centers for Disease Control and Kaiser Permanente. And they uh, interviewed over the course of two years 17,000 uh, members of the health management organization, the patients that they were serving. And what they discovered, they, they interviewed them and asked them to respond to whether or not they had ever experienced what they referred to as an adverse childhood experience, what we refer to as a traumatic experience. The result was 67% of the 17,000 answered affirmatively to at least one traumatic experience uh, during their childhood, and one in six had experienced four or more traumatic experiences during the course of their childhood. So what we are aware of is that the probability 
that any of the folks walking through our doors or the, the, our co-workers is a very high probability that people uh, have experienced uh, trauma in their life. And many of those people are still experiencing uh, some of the aftermath and the effects of that trauma. We have opted to take a presumed trauma position. There's really no downside to presuming that anybody that we're react, interacting with uh, has experienced a traumatic experience. If they haven't, it just means we give them good, high-quality customer service and we treat them uh, with great respect you know, as colleagues. But it also uh, helps to ensure that we don't re-traumatize individuals and that we contribute to their recovery. Can you share with us how DHS can assist the staff and those who receive our services in recovering from trauma? Absolutely. We, uh, we really want to adopt the, what we're referring to as the six pillars of uh, trauma-informed care uh, that, again, includes those elements like empowering and, and uh, providing choice. Uh, we want to be sure that our staff are well-educated so that they're able to understand the fundamental or foundational principles of trauma and that they're able to recognize symptoms uh, and behaviors associated with trauma in the course of their day-to-day -day work. And we want to be able to teach staff or give them the skills to be able to respond uh, to individuals in a way that, again, is focused on recovery and not re-traumatization. And so we've uh, adopted four foundational training uh, modules from uh, uh, our wonderful colleagues at Trauma-Informed Oregon uh, that we're uh, making available through our iLearn system. And we're creating a new website that'll have a variety of instructional videos, a lot of literature. Much of it is very geared towards our particular programs, so literature related to developmental disabilities, to particular challenges with aging, issues related to poverty, and uh, certainly uh, a lot of information around child welfare. So we give people access to those resources and then really as an organization support them in the trauma-related work that they're doing in the field already. Thank you, Don. And you might have already answered part of this question, but how do we as an organization become trauma-informed? And if I'm a staff in DHS, what does this mean to me? What does this initiative bring to me? There's no question that, again, we've, we're uh, adopting a uh, maturity model that uh, was developed by Trauma-Informed Oregon. And uh, we're going to, as an organization, as a leadership of the organization, really work through the stages of becoming increasingly trauma-informed and provide the resources and tools to be able to do that. This is an example, Fairbors, where this is, without question in my mind, this is a, a top-down type of initiative that uh, it really requires, uh, and we've, that's why I'm so grateful for your support and the support of our leadership in uh, DHS. Uh, to both uh, support the educational elements of this, uh, support uh, staff's independent research and projects related to trauma, and will sort of nurture our maturity along over the, the coming years. And so it's, a, it's an aspirational process that has, uh, has sort of nonlinear steps. Again, Don, I want to thank you for leading this initiative. Um, this is one of the most important initiatives that we have in DHS. All of us have experienced trauma during our lives. Many of us are not aware of it, and we can be the best that we can be. We can do the best work that we are capable of doing if we have the opportunity to work through trauma and perhaps recover from it. We may not be able to overcome it. 
So I encourage all of you who are listening to please tune in as we put out some information about this trauma-informed care initiative. Take that in, use it, take it to your families, to your loved ones. Um, we can become better as an organization and as a society if we can begin to recognize trauma and deal with it. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon.